Last week I preached a message entitled, Lay It Down. And I really felt the Lord challenge me to speak to the church about that thought of laying your life down. Not, should be laying your life down, go on. No, 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 no. Jesus actually said, it's the way to gain life. If you're gonna hold on to your life, he said, you probably won't gain life. But if you lay it down, you'll actually gain real life. So he says, I use the scripture, Matthew chapter 16. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come up to me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And I talked about what is that all about? What really is it? It's been preached for centuries. I've preached it. But I don't know whether we really nailed what Jesus is really about there. Well, last week I just shared quickly what I think it's about. It's about honouring God. You honour God. We are called to honour God. He's our God. He's not just a boss. He's God, the creator. We honour him. He saved us. Shouldn't even be a burden to honour him, right? We're not only that, it's all about obeying Jesus. Jesus said, if you obey me, you're gonna have a strong life. Just obey my words, okay? It's also about gaining true life. You know, Christians should have the most enviable lives on the planet. We really should because it's true life. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life more abundantly, Jesus said. That's what the Christian life should be, and this is the key to it. The third th- fourth thing is it's about others. The church exists. It's the only organisation in the world that exists really for others, solely for others, those outside of the organisation. And that heart, that's why Jesus did it. He didn't do it so that we'd all just say, oh, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. No, 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 no. He wants us to flourish. And I want us to understand that. And we're going to be sharing a little bit more about that when I preach, a little bit more about that. But today I want to share one aspect of that. Because God's asked us to lead. God's asked his church to be the leaders. And it's not leaders as the world would sense lead. I think he's redefining leadership. And laying your life down is a vital part of being a leader. Jesus said, if you want to be great in my kingdom, if you want to lead, serve. He showed it at the Last Supper by just washing his disciples' feet. That, that would have been so uncomfortable for them. Because now they've got this reality up until not long before then, he was just the Messiah, but then they realised he's son of God. He's the son of God. Oh my goodness. And he's washing my feet. The God they've feared all their life. His son is in my presence. He's washing. Jesus said, this is how you lead. This is how I'm going to show you how to lead. And they went on to do that. In the midst of all that, today we're launching our seed sowing season. Triple S. Our seed sowing season. It's a vital part. What is seed? Seed is um, an offering that we take up mid-year. We've done it for several years now. And it's um, basically funds, um, things that we do. And it's not just um, you know, helping the poor, we do a lot of that. Helping people who don't have enough food, we help that. We clothe a lot of people, we do a lot of different stuff. It's much more than that. It's whatever we need to get done, we do it. Whatever need we see, we do it. And um, it also goes along to um, helping reduce our debt, which is under a million dollars now, which is fantastic. And um, we're going to keep it under a million dollars in Jesus' name, even though we're going to be doing renovations. And um, 
But the main reason why I want to do that is, one, it's good stewardship, but two is because I want us to build another, or not build a building, but purchase a building for our mountains congregation. Then eventually one for our Penrith congregation. So they've got a home, especially so that on Friday nights, young people can gather there, Sunday mornings the church can gather there, and in between, it can be a blessing to the communities. That's why we do it. So we're reducing our debt for that. We're actually making sure that we've got great equity, and we do, we have enormous equity. We also want to make sure that, you know, the frontiers are, are, are staffed, have resources. Um, Cambodia, what Deb Neal's doing in Phnom Penh is amazing work, helping young mums who are finding it really tough, doing great work. You're gonna be hearing a lot more about all this stuff over the next few weeks. We're gonna be showing videos, but that's what our seed goes to. It's, um, it's seed that we sow, it's our finances, which isn't our tithes. Tithing is a different thing. The way I see tithing, it's a 10%. Tithe means 10th. First 10th of my income, any increase I have the first 10th, I wanna honor God with it. That's what it's about. In fact, the Bible teaches it actually doesn't belong to me. It actually belongs to him. And he gives me, he, actually it all belongs to him, he gives me 90%, which is really cool. And Naomi and I over many years have, have realized that he, this finance is very important to us and the most important thing to us in our life, our family and, our, and what we do, finances have a big part to play in that. I wanna honor God with the very important thing in my life. So the first 10%, that's what tithing is all about. And we've found what that does, it, it, the honoring of God just lifts us. The honoring of God allows us to have freedom. You know, so much stuff. It's like he blesses us in our hearts much more because of our tithing. But seed's not tithing. Tithing's above and beyond that. Seed is your money or your income that comes in and you get to sow seeds into, to produce a harvest. That's why we call it seed. To produce a harvest so that, you know, others can be blessed, our community services, our food care. Um, <laughs> she likes it out here. It's the lights and everything. We fund chaplaincy. Lots of things we like to make sure we send seed to because Seed grows, seed is beyond just our tithes. It's making, it's something we like to do something with. I believe tithes should pay mainly, mainly for the ministry, mainly so that the ministers can serve. So that, yeah, of course we keep the lights on and things like that with our tithes. But on this side of it, when the tithes come in, I really wanna see it all go towards making sure you're ministered to, that you have pastors and someone to help and, and resources available to the church. But seed is a bit different to that. I wanna see seed go out into the communities. Why? Because it's all about a harvest. And you harvest in two ways. You harvest it in your life. It comes with blessing, and we'll read about this before. It comes in blessing you, but it also blesses all those around you as you sow seed. Helping others. You know, in the past, we've actually helped other churches with the seed that you've given. Oberon Church, we've, we've poured a lot of finance into Oberon Church and it's doing really, really well. Fantastic. But also into us, we, we do sow it into what we're doing in the community. Like seed will probably go into our renovations a little bit so that we can actually make sure that the community can use this building a lot more. That's why we do it. So that's what seed is. We have so much happening around us and we've been able to see so much done especially in the last three years, the seed that you've sown has been amazing. And oh, mate, 
What I wanna do is over the next few weeks, show you videos of the fruit that's produced out of the seed that you've sown so faithfully. And I wanna thank you for that. It's been great. Well, praying about this year, God led me to a scripture that, I, that I, we read before and it was just so profound when I read it. I'll read it again to you. Zechariah chapter eight, verses 12 and 13. The seed will grow well, the vine will yield its fruit, the ground will produce its crops, the heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as inheritance to the remnant of his people. Just as you, Judah and Israel, have been a curse among the nations, so I will save you and will be a blessing, and you will be a blessing. Do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. Oh, I like that. But let your hands be strong. That's what I'm entitling this message. Let your hands be strong. This is written around about 620 BC. It's right at that time where um, after Jerusalem was destroyed and the people taken to Babylon as captive, um, they were exiled. They came back, Nehemiah rebuilds the walls and helps rebuild the homes. Then we got Zerubbabel, I got it right, Zerubbabel. Oh, didn't get it right that time. Stop when you're ahead, Rick. Zeri, he rebuilds the temple and that's when this prophecy comes, right at that time. He's rebuilding it because I think it's much more than rebuilding walls, rebuilding houses and rebuilding a temple. It was rebuilding a people. It was rebuilding God's people. It was rebuilding a society. In fact, if you really wanna look at the broader context, it was rebuilding what God wants to do in the world through his people. And that's what he's doing. That's what this prophecy is all about. That people would be rebuilt, that you've sown seeds and there will be a fruit. He's encouraging the people. And, and I, wanna, I wanna sing it, sing it. I wanna read it over us. I wanna prophesy this over Strong Nation Church. The seed will grow well. You've grown great seed. It's grown so many good things. The vine will yield its fruit. We're seeing good fruit. The ground will produce its crops, definite. And the heavens will drop their dew, absolutely. I will give all these things as inheritance to the remnant of the people. In other words, the returning, those who have returned, those who are still there, those who have persisted, those who have been through a lot, but they're still standing. I will give all these things to them. You know, I think about, I forget about eight or nine years ago, right in the middle of a very difficult time for us as a church, God says, I wanna plant a church in, in Springwood. Springwood? Yes, yeah, Springwood. And we did it. And I've got to tell you, we didn't even have a leader ready to take it. We didn't have any money to do it with. But God made a way. We just had open doors. I don't know, Catherine, I don't know if you remember that um, the day before we didn't have a venue. We'd actually, we lost our venue. But we did it anyway. And now, that's where Naomi is, by the way. She's preaching in mountains today. She's up there gathering in a school hall. We're still believing for a building. We've been seeing some properties. Nathan and Vincent helping us look at some properties there and we haven't found one yet. God will open the door when he's ready, right? But now we have this congregation up there helping its community, seeing people reach, seeing young people growing up in the church. It's a strong church. Why? Because we planted some seeds. It will grow. It was tough. Remember those days? It was tough. 
We had a whole bunch of people leave and it wasn't as full anymore. It was like, oh no, we love those people. But now there's a church, strong church, very good church. Due from heaven, we've received so much. We've received so much due from heaven, we really have. I was reminded the other day of what a miracle that cafe is down there. It's an absolute miracle. You've got to understand, church, it was a glorified storage area. Now, it wasn't even glorified. It was just a messy storage area. And people were having cups of tea out on the driveway after church. Remember that? No windows, no nothing, just... I want to build a cafe. I just want to have a cafe so people could just enjoy fellowship and maybe, just maybe, it might be a blessing to the community, you know? Well, just out of the blue, really, we apply for this grant, we get given $90,000. It's a dead set miracle. I found out by mistake that that was available, and I found out later it was $350,000 available, so I didn't, I thought, well, just apply for 90, and apparently no one else applied. Lesson learned. But um, the council went and used it for some other good things, but it's been a dead set miracle. Every step along the way. He has poured dew upon us all the time. Why? Because we sow seed. We always sow seed. It costs us. We lay part of our life down every time we do it as a church. We sow seed. But the dew comes. An inheritance for the rem, rem, remnants. Of the people, I've seen individuals so blessed. So young, there's a, I'll call him a young man, he's younger than me. Young man in Mountains Church, John Hummer, I don't know if you know him. John, if you're watching, he should be in church. And I um, heard this week that as a young boy, he always wanted to be a chief engineer. And um, no one really believed him. Good on you, John, because he's, he's, he's an interesting guy. Great guy, I love him. Highly intelligent. Anyway, just last year I think he got promoted into chief engineer of ResMed which is a massive company in Australia and um, I've realised I, then I heard about another person getting a promotion and um, I'm always talking to Nate Vincent who just keeps getting blessed and blessed and blessed all the time in his work and I'm seeing a lot of this happen everywhere and I've lost count of about how many people are moving into new houses right now within our churches happening everywhere the dew of heaven just keeps pouring the blessing of my remnant just stop and look for a minute, the blessings that are on our, I look at our young people. I come here Friday nights, do you know everyone's invited Friday nights? Just letting you know. Even an oldie like me, you're invited, come along. It's a bit louder, that's okay. You can still fall asleep, I've proven that. <laughs> we have incredible young people. I've been a youth pastor for 25 years this year. Wow, my goodness. 25 years ago, I was made a youth pastor. I've seen a lot of young people. I've seen none stronger than the young people we have right here. And I'm not exaggerating. They are so strong in their Christianity and their relationship with each other. They are inspiring. God has poured dew upon us in blessings. And why? Because we've sown seeds. Some of you guys have been around for years sowing seeds and now your kids are enjoying an incredible bunch of young people. Growing up strong, some of them are leading, right? <laughs> that day when your youth kids become youth leaders, it's really old and not youth anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a wakening day. <laughs> We're setting up the generations for his favour, church. Yeah. We're setting up the generations for his favour. That's what we continue to do. But verse 13, just as you, Judah and Israel, have been cursed among the nations, misunderstood, rejected, even mocked, 
among the nations, right? That's what it really means. You've been a curse. In other words, they didn't like you. They're afraid of you. They hate you, right? So I will save you and you will be a blessing. And the connotation is to them. It's Genesis chapter 12. You'll be a blessing to all the world. Through you, all the world will be blessed. And we're seeing that. We're seeing it all the time. Doors are opening for us all the time. You know, I think about what's happened in school chaplaincy over the last two or three years. How, you know, schools have just said, welcome now. We weren't welcome, but now we're welcome. And they, they even tell us how much of a blessing we are. And I'm thinking, well, we're gonna be more of a blessing than this. We're gonna just keep blessing you, keep blessing you. We're gonna see more chaplains in schools. Right now, we're gonna fill our schools with chaplains. Why? Because it's an amazing seed we wanna sow. And it's gonna be a great harvest amongst it in great lives being helped. Oh, I lost my spot. Just as you, Judah and Israel, have been a cursing among the nations, misunderstood, yep, so I will save you and you'll be a blessing. Do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. We're not afraid. Hope Initiative, we're not afraid to do that. We'll just go down there. We're gonna do it again in spring. We're gonna go into a park and we're just gonna bless a community. Why? Because that's what we do. It'll cost us, absolutely. We've become a blessing to so many. I wanna share with you something. Um, Utdon and Lakena in Cambodia um, just had their little baby boy, Eden. Looks just like Utdon, poor little fella. Nah, just joking. Just don't, don't, you know, just joking means that, means that I'll get right on the phone now. Guess what he said, guess what he said. He had the cord wrapped around his neck in utero. And in Australia, that's, you know, just get it done, get it. In Cambodia, it's not the case. Very expensive to help out with that. Around about 2,000 Aussie dollars. Naomi gets on the sisterhood. We need $2,000. The next day, the money's there, bang. Seed sown. We've been a blessing to so many. Little baby boy, no risk. And our pastors over there have a little baby boy they've been trying for five years. Minset's just come back from Cambodia and he's getting beehives. Got my attention. Beehives happening in villages and we need 1,600 Aussie dollars. I put the call out to the believers, bang, $1,700 come in. Get, get a bit more accurate, will you guys? Yeah. Now we're, I'm continuing. If you wanna look at the back, get some honey, take some home, put some money in the box there. We're gonna send it over, get some more beehives happening. Want another two by the end of the year, yeah? And um, we're gonna get beehives in there. But it's just amazing how people just sow seed because we're blessed. And we're gonna bless so many more people. With whatever comes up, we're gonna be able to bless. Why? Because we will let our hands be strong. That's what I think it means. Let your hand be strong. Don't fear, let your hands be strong. So we as a church, hold our hands up. Coming around seed time, I want us to think about it. Like I said, over the next six so weeks, we're gonna be showing videos about the fruit we've seen. But I'm gonna ask you to consider what you can do. I'm gonna ask you to consider or invite you to be part of the seed sowing movement that God's producing here. What's God got ahead of us? What could we do? Yep, it's linked in with lay your life down. That's what it's all about. But do you know what? I don't feel any less because of it. In fact, I feel more 
There's so much that we can do. And we've done so much, but it's only been possible because people have sowed seed. It's the seed that produces the harvest, and I want you to see the harvest that has produced. 2 Corinthians chapter nine, we always read this around seed time. Verses 10 to 11, listen, Paul writing. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, just get that for a moment. He supplies seed to the sower. In other words, if you're a sower, he'll give you seed. If you're not a sower, right? Will also supply increase and supply and increase your store of seed and will enhance, oh sorry, enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, uh, yeah, through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Let your hands be strong. Between June 19th and now, I'm inviting you Come and be a sower with us. And um, let's sow some seed. You can do it anytime. The accounts are on the, on the websites and everything like that. But I don't just want you to say, okay, we've got to give. That's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. It's literally about laying down your life. Laying down part of it. Laying it down all the time. I want to look at a passage of scripture that uh, Paul wrote just before this, leading into the sower and the seed, right? 2 Corinthians chapter nine, verse six and nine. And I wanna share you my heart over this. Is that cool? Remember this, Paul writes in verse six. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. What I take out of this is this. Be a sower. Sow some seed. Sow some seed in your life, not just in church life, in normal life as well. Always be a sower. I think that's what God is. I think God's a farmer. He's a shepherd, but he's also a farmer. He likes to sow seeds everywhere. Shouldn't his church be the same as Christian people? It doesn't have to be in church. I'm just giving you an opportunity. If you want to sow it in here, sow it in here. But I want to encourage you Find areas in which you can show sow seed, sow seed in other places. Mountains of joy. Sow some up there. There's plenty of good organisations. Maybe there's a neighbour in need. You can sow some great seed by cooking them a meal maybe. Or even just taking them out for a treat. Watched a great movie this week called The Bad Guys. Anyone seen that movie? That's a cool movie. Took Jetty to it. The bad guys. He likes the bad guys who turn out being good guys. Oh, I just blew it, didn't I? <laughs> Don't go and see it now. I remember a few years back, I had two beehives. One of them was Skips. Hi, Skip, online. And um, I, I had this plan that I want my beehives to be a blessing. I, I, I find it very cathartic. I get a lot out of it. And um, it's, a, it's turning into a fair bit of work right now, but that's okay. But um, I see so many people get blessed from it. And of course, we had this idea that we could help out Cambodia. We can set up, if they can get incomes out of beehives in villages, it reduces how much they have to make. And everything they grow in the village grows better because the bees do a lot of work around the plants. That's just incredible. So I've been on the lookout for more beehives and it's very expensive. The, the beehives that I have are very expensive, around about 
to get a good one, you probably top of the line, twelve hundred bucks just for the box. Then you've got to put it together and paint it and all that sort of thing. And and then you've got to get the beads, which is another couple of hundred dollars. So you're looking at about a fifteen hundred dollar investment each hive, right? I can't afford anywhere near that. But I ended up with two. Just ended up with them. Found this other one on marketplace for three hundred bucks. I just said sold. <laughs> Where am I going to get the money for that? Oh, I've got honey money, my seed money. So grabbed some honey money and went down and visited her. Dad and I went down to collect these. It's full of bees. It's a hive full of bees. And she didn't lock them in, so we had to come back the next day because you've got to lock them in at night, you know. Otherwise, you're in a lot of trouble. You don't want to be in a car with a whole bunch of bees. <laughs> anyway, this guy says, so why do, you, why do you want more hives? And I told her about Campania. She says, here's 100 bucks. Well, okay, cool. So now this hive's down to $200, full of bees. <laughs> now look in there, all the frames of honey are full. 15 kilos at least. There's about, you know, 300 bucks worth of honey right there. And then there's another box full of the honeycomb, which if you really want to work hard and sell it, it's worth about $350 as well. And I thought, you don't even know what you've got here, lady, do you? Anyway, I took it home. Driving home and God says, I want you to give it away. Really? Yeah, you've got a friend, Ben, who lives out at Oberon, and he's, you know he's been looking for a hive. I want you to give it to him. Really? Really? This one? I'll keep looking, God. No, no, I want you to give it to him. So I get it set up, I clean it up, get the bees, make sure they're all healthy, give them a good inspection, make sure they're great. Give him a call, said, Ben, <laughs> you're looking for a beehive? Yep. I've got one for you, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, but I haven't saved enough yet. I said, don't worry about it, just take it. Really? Anyway, God comes and picks it up, takes him down and in a trailer, bang, 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 again. Do you know since then, I've now got seven hives and I can't afford one. I, I, I saved to Naomi, she doesn't believe me. I don't know how they appear. <laughs> they just keep coming. I sowed some seed. I sowed a seed of a beehive. Be a sower. Be someone who just likes to be generous. And I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Be that person. Verse seven, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What I take out of that is, I don't want you to feel any pressure here. If you've been feeling pressure, I apologise, please forgive me. I don't want you to ever feel pressure, I'm just giving you an invite. We should not ever feel guilty for not being able to give. I'm not going to feel, if you feel not to sow, that's fine. If you don't want to be a sower, that's fine. If you want to reap little, sow little. If you want to reap big, reap big. Fine, okay? I don't ever want you to ever feel guilty of saying, oh, Rick wants us to give now. That's compulsion. And I want to pull back from as much as that as I can. I don't ever want you to feel as though you're feeling compulsion to give or out of guilt, or out of duty, or reluctantly. I don't want you to do that. God will provide for us whatever we need to help whoever he wants us to need, whomever he wants us to help. He will provide. And I continually tell myself, God is my provider. And whatever he's asked us to do, we will do it. And that's been happening for the last 15 years I've been here. He just keeps coming through again and again, miracle, miracle. So don't give as if, oh, well, I'm going to need my giving. No, God does not need your money at all. 
you understand sowing seeds is not for him? It's for you. Don't give out a compulsion. I want you to listen to your heart. Listen to what God's saying to you. This is what laying your life is all about. Laying your life down. It's about listening to him, allowing him to guide and direct you. Speak to you. Let him, maybe he gives you a figure or maybe he gives you an idea. Maybe he's got a little venture for you that will gain some finance. You'll be able to sow even more. I want you to ask him. You know what? If every believer just was listening to his voice and just obeying it, oh my goodness, can you imagine that world? That's what I want. So I'm asking, I'm inviting you to come and sow seed, but only if God tells you to. Listen to him. He's the one who judges you. He's the one who can take your soul. I can't, I can probably just slap you across the face, but that's about it. <laughs> then it says, then rejoice. Rejoice. Cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. See, when we've heard God's voice, I want you to give that beehive away. I can't say I felt real joy then. But when I saw it driving off, and the times I've visited him since, I've got to tell you, I feel joy. He's now got another one. Because they tend to keep growing, these beehives. They just pop up out of nowhere, you know. And I've got to tell you, it's unspeakable joy. I'm a cheerful giver. And I've got to tell you, I'm sort of looking for more opportunities to do that. I'm currently building one at Windsor High School because um, part of my job is to help you, you know, I'm boys there. And, and on, on Mondays, I go in Mondays. And so I go into woodwork and we're building this really cool one. I'm using my bee money to sow seed into buying the materials. My, my, I'm sowing seed in there. And it's a really cool horizontal beehive. It's going to be great. Now, the Windsor High might decide we don't want it. They said they did, but they might not. Well, guess what? Could end up on your door. With a whole bunch of bees. <laughs> That'll be fun, won't it? I'm cheerful about it. I love it. Has it cost me? Yeah, it's cost me. That's okay. You can't buy that sort of joy. Verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Boy, I love that scripture. What I take out of this is, please step out in faith. We know the scripture, you know, you can't please God unless you have faith. God gets moved by faith. Faith rocks him. Jesus, you know, that, 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 that woman who just reached out and touched him, she, she's bleeding for 12 years, touches him and gets healed. Who healed me? It was her faith. Sister, your faith. It felt, he felt the power leave him. It's not as if Jesus had a will to heal her. He felt it was the faith that got the healing. I'm going to ask you, you know, God is able. That's faith. I want you to step out in faith. Live by faith. Not craziness. Not just do stuff because you had an idea. This is how I work with faith. I wait for a word from God. When I get a word from God, I can stand on it. It's a rock. I can stand on it. Give the beehive to Ben. I know I heard from God. I know that voice. It's not just Rick having too much pizza the night before. It's Rick understanding this is what God wants. If I have any doubt, I'll get into the written word and I'll find confirmation. 
Sometimes I'll just be reading the Bible and I'll read it and God will just remind me of something. I think, okay, that's where I can put my faith, right there. Peter in the boat, Jesus walking on water. Wow, that's so cool. That's gnarly, dude. He's walking across there and Peter says this, Jesus, if you say the word, I can do that. If you say the bid me come and I will come, one translation says. Jesus says, come. He got the word. He got the word from God and he stepped out. What's God saying to you about seed? What's God saying to you? Oh, can, how attractive is a church when it just lives by faith? How attractive is anyone who just lives in faith? I love the prevos. They live by faith like no one else. Incredible family. And look at the blessing that's on their lives. Incredible. Living by faith. He fulfills your need. He does it. It says here, Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You know, it's addictive. It's addictive, this generous giving. Like I said, look out. You could open your front door one day and there might be a beehive in your front garden. (laughs) Somehow, they just keep popping up, these beehives. Why? Because this pastor's found it addictive. I'm actually looking at marketplace every day. I'll get on there, search flow hives. And then I think, okay, there's one there. How do I get the money for that? How do I get some seed? Why? Because it's addictive. It's this joyous. It's you will abound in every good work. Talk about bounding. I feel like I'm bounding around like a rabbit going, yeah. Verse nine, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. I'll get a picture of let your hands be strong. They have freely sown, scattered their seeds. They've freely, let your hand be strong. Their righteousness endures forever. I'm not watching what you give as pastor of this church. I don't really care. I do care. You know what, if half a million dollars turns up, it's gonna be a good day. If we're able to fulfill, what we will be able to fulfill whatever God wants us to do. It's just good to be able to say, well, we don't have to worry about that. (laughs) But I'm not watching what you're giving. I'm not watching over your shoulder and I'm not trying to smooth you or get you to do anything else more. No, this pastor doesn't do that. I'm not good at it anyway. I want us together to sow seed. That's all I want. Why? Because I want to see a harvest. I want to see a harvest in your life. I want your family to be blessed and live in the favour. That priest blessing song that we sing all the time, I want you to declare it every day as a testimony, not a hope. The favour's on us. That's what I want. I want you to reap for generations. I want your children's 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 if Jesus hasn't come back yet. To be so blessed because the old coot did something great for God. That old guy I never got to meet, but I saw some cool selfies. He shouldn't have saved the beard off though. For generations. So between June 19th and now, can I ask you to let your hands be strong? Like I said, tax deductible, non-tax deductible options. If you can take advantage of that, please do. Please do if you can, yeah, maybe give more. Who knows? Sow more seed. If it's a blessing to your company, great. If not, that's okay. We do need non-tax deductible giving so we can do it in other things, okay? 
and they're two different accounts we sow into. But um, it's not as if we actually take up offerings anymore. We don't do that. And um, so on the 19th, we're not taking up an offering. But that's what's happened in the last few years. People keep giving way after that. Seed, 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 seed. Just want to clear up to um, what happens with frontiers. Well, we used to do frontiers giving and then you know, building giving and all that sort of thing as well. Well, frontiers is seed. And we still have what we call frontiers giving, which is primarily missions giving, right? And that's really so the gospel gets spread so that things in other nations and here in the Hawkesbury and the greater Australia get helped. That's what we do. And, um, but in the seed, we also have things for our buildings, things for you know, making sure our, our equity is increasing, making sure that things get fixed, making sure that um, you know, safety regulations are happening. But not only that, there's some, some things which aren't necessarily a mission that we want to make sure we help with and um, so um, that's seed so if you want a picture seed is everything and part of that is frontiers but I understand some people would say I have a real heart for Cambodia I want to make sure it goes there we'll just labor at frontiers and we'll make sure that gets spent on going to frontiers is that cool we won't be putting it on the building just labor at frontiers and you can give any week. It doesn't actually have to happen in the next six weeks. Some people like to give. I know a lot of you actually give all the way through the year. That's great. Whatever you feel to do. I just want to encourage you to sow seeds. Just be a sower. And you will reap. I want you to lay your life down. Not so that you can be oppressed. Quite the opposite, actually. So that you can fly. So that you can be blessed. That's what it's all about. That's why Jesus said it. You know what? When Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, I said this last week. In that time, they had no context of Jesus dying on the cross to save the souls of people. All they knew was the cross was an implement the Romans used to kill people. And it was feared. That's all they knew at this point. And Jesus said, take up your cross. Lay down your life. Deny yourself and follow me. I'm wondering whether people thought, what an arrogant so-and-so that guy is. How dare he trying to rule over me? But we have the beautiful hindsight and the knowledge of God's nature to know that it was best for them. It might not have been the easiest road, but it was the best road. In fact, I guarantee you it's not the easiest road. I don't want to walk the easiest road. Jesus said the wide road leads to destruction, the narrow road leads to life. I want to live that life, that abundant life that he said is coming. We live in a Western world which is so material that we think happiness is the greatest goal. Happiness is way overrated, friends, way overrated. What you're looking for is wholeness, not happiness. You're looking for wholeness. And it's found on the narrow road where you lay your life to get onto lay your life down that's what that's why I'm preaching this little mini series that I'm running and part of that is sowing seed we do it every time this year this time of year every year I want you to invite you to come and and be part of that if not that's okay so I'm going to ask you to pray is that cool let me pray for you now and then we'll finish it up Lord God we're coming into seed sowing season and I pray Lord God that uh your voice would be heard by every person here. Lord, that you would guide and direct our hands. Lord God, that our hands would remain strong.
I love that. Let your hands be strong. And a strong nation church, Lord, we will. We, our hands will remain strong because we wanna imitate you. And we know, Lord, that you gave everything. You bankrupt heaven for us. And Lord God, we will do whatever you require of us. Lord, would you help us all? This whole idea of laying down our lives, what it means, what is it? For some, it's something else to what it is to me. That's okay. Would you guide and direct us? You're building something amazing in your church worldwide. I believe you've asked us to lead. Would you help us do that? Thank you, Lord. We love your presence. Even now, Lord God, your supernatural presence on people's lives. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, over the next few weeks, we're gonna be showing a few videos of what we've been up to, what you've been up to. And hey, Jenny. God bless you. Have one of the greatest weeks you'll ever have. God bless you.